0: Hi, I'm referee Mark Fralick. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. My guest today is Jackie Winden. Jackie is a resident of Columbus, Ohio, and has had a career that's included playing collegiate basketball, coaching high school, coaching college basketball, and officiating high school basketball. She played at Akron Archbishop Hoban and also played at Gannon University where she was a Hall of Fame member uh, at both schools. She went on to become the head coach at Akron-Hoban and then became one of the youngest college basketball head coaches when she took over the women's program at Case Western Reserve University. After a few years there, she was hired as an assistant coach at Akron University and today, she remains in a job that helps student-athletes as the Assistant Director of Operations at the Ohio High School Athletic Association. She is also a color analyst for a variety of TV networks for Division I college basketball games. She has done just about everything you can with, with sports, with basketball, and with helping out student-athletes, and I'm real excited to have her on the show today. I hope you really enjoy it. She was a fantastic interview, so enjoy the show. Hey, welcome to another episode of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast with Mark Fralick. Uh, Jackie, I tell you, you've got a great past, and and we touched a little bit about that uh, on the intro. Um, kind of reflect a little bit about those times when you were the coach. And how you might have treated officials, <laughs> which I'm sure, at a young age, you know, was probably a lot different because just just by the maturity level. Um, but yet you played and, and and so you knew the game. So talk a little bit about that that relationship between you and and the f- officials when you were coaching.
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate that. First off, thanks um, for having me, Mark. This sure. is uh, exciting to kind of go back and and relive some of this, but. Um, <laughs> You know, it's, I think like anything, right? When you're, when you become a coach after playing, you say, I wish I would have known that when I was a player, um, as an official, I, now I kind of look back and say, well, I wish I would have known that as a coach. And, uh, um, you know, the trickle down there, you don't quite have a, a grasp of the, the details of the rules until you're an official and really dive into the rule book and, and get on the floor and work games. Um, I, I, am, I am proud of the fact though, that I, I was not, um, one of those coaches that, um, when I became an official, um, that a lot of my colleagues then, you know, that had, had games of mine said, you know, oh, you know, you were pretty easy on us or, or things like that. I, um, uh, I kind of had the mentality of a coach, uh, same way as a player. And then the same thing I, I hope to do as an official, which is just, Kind of focus on the task at hand and, and worry about and stay in my own my own lane with things. And I, I thought that my role as a coach was to to be there for my kids, protect my kids, and ask questions to officials if I needed to. At um, you know, my my job was to make sure they were they were running the offense correctly, defensive matchups, kind of all those little things, and, and tried to kind of stay clear of worrying about hand checks or this or that. Um, you know, from the officials' perspective.
0: As an official now do you find yourself uh, in the game thinking and maybe critiquing the play selection or why they're playing a 131 zone instead of uh man to man or or uh, why don't they get this kid the basketball do you find yourself doing any of that at all
1: All, all the time <laughs> All the time and it's funny cuz we we all, you know you don't know what you don't know and here I am saying you know why are they taking this canal out or or things like that and you know, who am I to say, you know, I'm not in the gym or in their practices every day. You you know, you go with that snapshot that we do as fans um, and what we see and what we think we know right then and there. But uh, but no, I, I am I'm very much uh, it's hard to, to change gears and 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 switch lenses sometimes, but very much look into it as, a, you know, why did they go zone? Man was so effective or, you know, this or that. So it's it's certainly hard to turn that off.
0: What's something that you learned um, or something that as an official, uh, something that as a coach that you, that can help you be in a better official?
1: Um, I, I think, I guess more than anything, it was um, from a passion perspective. You know, I have a great understanding, especially when I was at the, the collegiate level, when, um, you know, the, the livelihood of a coach Um, often depends at the collegiate level on how successful you are on the floor. Um, You know, we talk about, you know, being being a mentor to the kids and and helping them through, making sure they're going to class, all of those things. But, you know, the the competitive world of sport uh, is often dictated by how successful they are on the floor. And I think that's why, at least at, at the collegiate level, there was a lot more Interaction, or you would see more interaction um, amongst coaches, especially at a higher level. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in the high school space, it's kind of helped me to just to keep perspective, um, to channel the emotion and the drive that coaches are putting into it. Um, you know, I, I still, and that's why I've settled into to working in the high school space, is I'm a firm believer in education-based athletics and, and the role athletics should play in one's life. Um and and be kind of a component of of who they are not define them and um you know trying to balance that has really helped because it's allowed me to be more patient with coaches um because i understand what great passion they have for for the success and for their kids but but try to keep the perspective of um of where athletics fits into the into into all of this
0: so this podcast is broken into multiple parts, uh, just so you're aware, and, and the people who may not have listened to this before, and it's just like a basketball game. We begin with the pregame, which we're going to get to in a little bit, uh, and where we get to know each other a little bit better, and that's kind of what we're doing right now. But we'll talk about a few different things, and then we'll move to the first and second quarters, break into a halftime where we'll take a short break break and uh, pay for some bills. And then we'll head into the third and fourth quarter before entering uh, enjoying some of the uh, better parts of officiating, which might be considered post-game. Uh, and then finally, we'll uh, do what all officials have to do, and that's make quick decisions. So we'll do a thing called five quick decisions, which is a lighthearted list of questions that you may or may not have answers for. So... We'll see what happens, all right? So let's dive into the pregame. That's We're just getting into the game right now. And uh, so talk a little bit about how you ended up being a basketball official.
1: Uh, Wow, great question. Um, so as I, um, you know, I kind of jumped right into coaching um, after, after playing in college and graduating from college. And um, I, I found out quickly and was provided some great opportunities. I never envisioned being a college basketball coach. Um, and that that opportunity came um, and it, it was it was hard not to not to look at it and hard not to pursue it because you don't get opportunities presented like that that, that you're not really looking for and um, as I got my feet wet with that and, and gave it a, a good crack for several years I realized that um, while I love the game of basketball coaching was at that level was not was not my niche it wasn't my lifelong passion if you will and um, like anybody I think that's a part of sport and has been a part of it Um, it it is hard to let go and you want to find facets um, of ways to stay involved and um, one of my dad's best friends um, actually was just playing in a golf outing in his honor uh, about two weeks ago up in northeast Ohio Dave Gassaway um, had officiated some of the games in high school and just again was um, you know, kind of around and, and had officiated, was a softball guy too, and um, kind of planted the seed with it. And then an, another good friend of mine uh, that's a few years older than me that I grew up uh, down the street from had started officiating. And uh, just through talking with them a little bit and kind of that, give it a try, give it a try, uh, you might really like it. And um, uh, it, it, honestly, it was like love at first sight. Um, it was like, this is this is kind of what I'm supposed to be doing relative to the game, and uh, I, I will always be grateful to uh, to Dave, uh, Mr. Gasway, for, for that opportunity.
0: Isn't that a great feeling? Just to be able to know that when you walk on the basketball floor, and, and I mentioned this in my preview, no matter what kind of day you had, if you can end up on the basketball floor and all that stuff goes away and you you start fresh all over, it's it's a great feeling, and that's why we that's why we officiate basketball games.
1: Yeah, you, you absolutely nailed it. I mean, I, especially in this world where it's, you know, you know, such such a quick and high speed of things. Right. With social media, with with email and, and being connected to work um, that you don't even feel like you live an eight to five world anymore. And that it's it, it can kind of, you know, overflow into evenings or weekends or what have you, which is OK. But but you're right. When you step on the floor and you lace it up, it's like. The only thing, and to be a good official, is you have to focus in on every play, every possession, every moment of those situations, and you kind of get lost in that. And um, and you're right. It, it's one of the most therapeutic things, I think, that that can be done for people that love the game, which is funny because I don't think my family and, and friends see that. They're like, but people are yelling at you all the time. How is it therapeutic? <laughs>
0: um,
1: but when you get that zoned in and that locked in, it's it's awesome.
0: Yeah. um, So did when you got into officiating, did you jump right into uh, JV basketball or did you work some junior high and and freshman games or how did that work? And do you remember your first game?
1: I I do remember my first game um, and it actually was with um, uh, the the guy I grew up down the street from Todd Huff that had kind of really pushed me along with Mr. Gassaway to get started in it. And um, it was uh, um, a tournament um, in Nordonia. And uh, it was a junior high game. And, um, you know, it, this is, I'll never forget the feeling because, um, you know, we all come in a little bit, you know, a little confident, like, oh, it's it's basketball, right? I know the game, now I'm digesting the rules. And then, the, and then you get on the floor and then you really understand how quickly things happen and how much can happen in any given instant. And knowing that your response to that you know, has to be right now. Um, even though we preach patience a little bit, uh, in the officiating world, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll never forget it. I can picture the gym and just remember, you know, you know, Todd having to reach across into his partner's area sometimes, because it's it just, is all happening and I can't get a whistle on it. Um, cause I'm digesting it and it, uh, it really, um, you know, it's a humbling experience, and it's one of those, too, when you hear fans yelling and coaching and everything, it's like you guys have no idea unless you're on the floor, and and there's some real truth to that, and I learned that in game one.
0: <laughs> how about as we fast forward, how long did it take you to get up to varsity, and, and what was your first game like?
1: Um, that's a good question. Um, I think in about year three, um, I was I had the opportunity to work some varsity games, um, I think that's about it. Um, and and I'll be honest, I don't really recall my first game. You know I, that I worked at that level because, um, it's kind of like once you start, it, it, there is significance in in the opportunity to move up and do a higher higher level basketball and things like that. But to be honest, I kind of remember them all as as games. Um, I I can't I can't speak to my first my first varsity experience
0: yeah that's that's all right I you know some officials can remember very clearly Um, I remember mine very clearly because uh, my mentor at the time and and I'll probably talk to him later but at the time um, we went to our game and I had to work the JV game he worked the first half because one of the officials didn't show up I worked the second half I went back in to put my stuff on and he had unbeknownst to me he had hid my shirt my officiating shirt (laughs) And so I was uh, a little bit frustrated and flustered and all of those other words that I couldn't find my shirt. And at that time, we didn't have cell phones to call. So um, uh, so I was trying to find a phone to call my wife, and it was a mess. But anyways, we got the shirt. Everything was good. He had a good laugh, and I'll never forget it. <laughs> so that was a great experience for the first time. Probably trying
1: game. to keep you loose, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it was.
0: It panicked me a little bit, but it's a story yeah. I'll never forget, though. So That's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> So you've mentioned already some officials that um, that have been influential to you, but uh, in your journey of officiating, has there been any other officials that really uh, sharpened you up a lot on the floor?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, gosh, there. How much time do you have, right? <laughs> I think, um, you know, that that has been. Um, I think one of the great assets of becoming um, an official is you. You always have an opportunity. At, to get better at your craft especially when you're on the floor working with people and as, as you meet new people and you know talk through pregame, talk at halftime and you know get a get an idea of how they are interacting with uh with uh, uh coaches and and players and how they're respecting primaries and, and things like that but um when i was starting out without question it was um with Ken Rockhold Mm -hmm. uh, a Northeast Ohio guy that, that has been um, very instrumental in the high school space and uh, especially uh, for women in officiating Um, as I was just starting to get, to get my feet wet and kind of uh, getting into, to working some high school games and expanding conferences to work in and things like that. um, Ken was very gracious to me as a a kind of an up up and comer and, um, and, and did a uh, exceptional job at connecting me with some some, some females in, in the area that um, uh, helped. I think I don't want to say it's you know the fraternity of, of, of men that work in the industry. It's not that at all. It's just a majority of officials are men, um, which is great. And you know you get to interact and work with them. Uh, but it does help at times to to expand the horizon a little bit and and share the perspective of, of being a woman on the floor and, and even working boys, uh, high school games and things like that. So that's one of the things that I'm really grateful to Ken Rockhold, um, introducing me to, to folks like April Largent, who has worked several division one high school games, um, Carmela, um, who's from the northeast area as well um great collegiate official and high school official and um to this day i can still remember one of the one of the calls she had in the division one championship game um down there at saint uh or excuse me the schottenstein center and you talk about how quickly somebody could process and know the rules and i just you know watched her in awe um, I think that you know that, that those have been some of the biggest influences um, to me on the floor, along with Fitz James, another guy from the Northeast area, um, Marquita Griffin. Just just some good people off the floor, which make them even better officials. On
0: absolutely, and just briefly, as we round up the pregame, um, since we're on the topic of pregame, how important is a pregame before you go on the basketball floor, uh, and what kind of things in your pregames? Do you find yourself talking about?
1: That's uh that's a that's another really good question. Um, and I've got kind of two answers for it. I think I think a pregame is incredibly important when you're working with partners that uh that you might not know. You know, it might be kind of what we like to refer to sometimes as the blind date. You know, this is the, the first time of working with them. You're not sure, you know, are they quick on the whistle? Do they let players play more through contact? Are they reaching primaries? All of those types of things in terms of you know, wanting to find some cohesiveness. So I think pregames are, are more extensive, or if I'm the R and, you know, really honing in on a pregame, it tends to be a little bit more uh, in-depth in regards to some of the tactical approaches to the game. Um, If I'm working with people that I've worked with before and there's a level of comfort on the floor, um, we want to make sure our pregame isn't just, you know, hey, how is everybody good to see you, but a refocus of, you know, what what we need to do out of the game. Not so much the X's and O's component of it, but just uh, getting ourselves mentally there um, in regards to the matchup and, and things like that. So equally important but but just a little bit different of an approach
0: so we end our pregame and we head out to the floor and we're talking here in the first quarter and and the first quarter is about coaches uh, and how we deal with coaches uh, throughout the game Uh, what's been some of the most beneficial things that you have done some things that have worked for you in dealing with with some coaches possibly even the upset coaches
1: I think more than anything, it's it's communication and listening. Um, a lot of times coaches want to be heard. Um, and, you know, there's a fine line to that. Um, you know, you don't want to be abused. Um, but it, if you can, and and I try to, you know, I have been told that I've got kind of a, uh, a rather level, um, a level set of emotions on the floor. Um, and I tend to be a little bit more, soft spoken or uh, you know I don't have as quick a trigger as some of my other my other colleagues that I've worked with relative to giving out technicals or those kinds of things that I really want to have have dialogue. Um, you know listen,, hear, hear what they have to say. Maybe they, maybe they have a, a, a point that I that I need to you know share with my colleagues on the floor, my, my crew. Um, or maybe it's something that they just don't really know the rule and I get a chance to explain it to them and and we move on. Um, but I like to depending on who they are and how they approach it in that sense um, give them an opportunity to at least talk Um, I'm not saying long I'm I'm thinking more like during dead balls or a free throw when you're standing you know there next to them um, more than anything Um, and then the other thing I is with coaches is you know I I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong Um, and judgment's one thing and i explain that to them about what i see or what have you um but missing a a kicking a rule is completely different um and i have no problem talking to them about um you know like i said the vantage point the perspectives the angles um or explaining rules
0: any specific encounters with a coach that that you've had that might help bring value to uh, some of the people that are listening
1: um I'm trying to think. I I mean, I was involved with the game, but I didn't I'm not the one that interacted with the coach. Um but I learned a tremendous amount by when my partner or what my partner did. Um we were working a district uh gosh what was it district semifinal? I think it was a district semifinal down here in Central Ohio. Um somewhat new to the area. I had just moved to the central part of the state. Uh, I've been here six years now, but I just about year two or three in, and I still didn't, you know, get to know the coaches like I had known them in the Northeast part of the state, and, you know, didn't have the the knowledge base of schools and matchups and things like that. But um, I was working with our our state crew, and um, there was a, a district semifinal game in which the number one seed was only up by like, a point or two and we were under a minute to play and um, I was the trail official and there was a bang bang play which resulted in a turnover um, and the team that was down and was the underdog in the game um, again it was just reaction like wrap this kid up I mean it was two hands no question took her down to the ground no question it was an intentional foul um, and I felt bad for the kid because it, again, it was just one of those, you know, bigger games, tournament mode. They're about to upset potentially, and it was just a reaction. And and I, you know, died. I blow my whistle. I get my hand up. I look at my partner, and I go to make the intentional so- sign because again, there is no doubt that this is an intentional foul. And um, of course, the, the team that's down does not like it at all. Um, even though, again, I I felt it was the correct call. And my partner, who was the the trail, uh, or the lead official, I'm sorry, would be going to trail, Brian Metters. I'll never forget. He was, you talk about calm, cool, and collected on the floor. And he walks over to the coach who is losing his mind. And, I mean, losing his mind, because they're, you know, 30 seconds away, they're up one, you know, could potentially pull off this upset of the number one seed, and... Brian calmly walks him back back like Brian's walking backwards so he can you know stay in in line with this guy walks him back into his box and I can see him with his hand over his mouth and he told me after the game I just kept telling him you are still in the game right now but if you don't settle down you're not going to be give your team a chance and and really just calmly trying to get this guy to this coach to to really just Digest the moment, you know, there's still the game to be played, what have you. Turns out that the intentional foul, the kid misses the free throws. They turn it over on the inbound. The other team comes down, hits a three, and wins the game. And I got a call from the AD the next day um, that said, um, which I really appreciated, I I would hope that they would have called uh, even if they had lost but and said, you know, it was the right call to make in a very challenging situation. And I'm not just saying that because we ended up winning the game. Um, but from that, I learned with Brian's demeanor um, that he didn't insert himself to to get that coach a technical foul. He inserted himself in a way at which calmed the, calmed the situation down, got the coach back into his box, and gave that team a chance to still compete in the game. And the way he handled that in a high high stress environment, as we know that the tournaments can be. Um, it was really something that I know I learned a lot from.
0: Well, that's great. And that's a lot uh, that other officials can learn from as well. Um, especially uh, our younger officials can, can go out and, and kind of realize that uh, the, the older officials that are there, the more experienced officials, really can have a big factor in a basketball game
1: absolutely um you know there's something to be said for experience no doubt and um you know the the more the more games I work the more I learn too I mean that that's what's so neat about it too is that you're never gonna have that opportunity or or very rarely do you say I don't you know as an official oh that's never happened to me before you know you 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 will always be saying that um because there's so many unique situation and, and things that could come up but um, but the more, the more times you're on the floor, the more situations you've been presented to, to digest and, and be able to handle and, um, you know, leaning in on, on veteran officials that are open and, and willing to share some of that humbly, I think can really help, help younger officials. I know it sure did for me.
0: So that puts the end of the first quarter and we round into the second quarter right now. Second quarter is focused on how our communication, uh, as officials and how we deal with players. Yeah uh what can you say uh, jackie about working with the players what's helped you the most uh and maybe it's because you were a player a college player maybe it's because you were a coach or just some things that maybe you picked up uh as as an official as well what's what you have seen through uh other officials and and your philosophy of communicating as well
1: i think um i think proactive is is yep. always better than reactive um you know, and, and I try to be a proactive official. Um, when I say I talk a lot on the floor, I don't mean I'm like being disruptive or or what have you, but it's, you know, if I'm the trail official and I've got a matchup, you know, and in the, you know, they're, they're moving the ball side, top side or what have you, and it kind of swings over and, you know, I've got a matchup, maybe I'm starting to count something like that. It's, you know, out of the side of my mouth, it's no hands, no hands, feet, feet, you know, little things like that as, as reminders, maybe I talk too much. Uh, I've never been told that, but you just want to keep the game, um, you know, just little reminders of that. I don't think that's an advantage to the defense. It's just, you know, reminding them to just play basketball and and not put themselves into a position um, that's going to be, you know, that's going to interrupt the game or that's going to take away from the flow of Uh, of how the game's going. Same thing as if I'm a lead official down, um, you know, it's, you know, it's get out or it's, you know, watch your hands, hands, you know, go straight up little things like that. Um, I'm not saying I do it on every play or or what have you, but um, you know, we, we kind of get a sense of who some problem children could be as I don't mean that, you know, negatively, but just, you know, more aggressive players or players that um, you know, are, are a little bit more susceptible to displacement or things like that that you just again they don't have a place in the game and you don't want to stop the game for things like that especially away from the ball so you know you try to just keep the game moving and, and the biggest thing for me too is trying to coach the kids i think that's where to your point and asking the question um you know I, a lot of times i want to get in there and, and grab the kid during a free throw and say hey Put your hand here, you know, and, and put my coaching hat on a little bit. But I try to, I try to draw the line and, and not overstep in that regard. But, um, but talking them out of getting into trouble, especially at the high school level, where maybe teams don't have the depth um, that they do at, at at the collegiate level, and you know, players need to be on the floor. Where you just, you just want to give them that opportunity. Game goes fast, and if we can get them out of trouble and, and just let them play basketball, that I like to help with that.
0: Absolutely. Shot goes up and you're yelling, not yelling, but you're saying straight up, straight up, post straight up or or just little things yeah. like that, 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 uh, lets them know that you're watching and, and yep. you talk about proactive officiating. And, and really that it really is important, not just to the players, but you're, you're talking about when, when they cut across the lane and, and they might have a hard, hard, uh, bust on the cutter, uh, when you've got entry passes from the baseline, um, maybe the post, you've got a knee in, in the behind and, and you're talking to the players there. Are there any other plays that really stand out to you where you, you find yourself using your voice quite a bit?
1: It, definitely the ball, Andler. When when that when somebody catches it along the arc and they're getting ready to make their move and you can just see that defender put the one hand up, you know, kind of close to the ball, if that player starts putting the ball on the floor and they really try to belly up, you um, you know, that, that can be great defense, but it's got to be with the feet. And so a lot of times I'll just, you'll hear me, you know, again, I'm not screaming. It's, it's the, the best thing we can do as officials is not be noticed. And so, you know, just discreetly and right up there to, to that player, but it's, you know, hands, hands, no hands, no hands. You know, And it might be one or two times if, if they want to keep going with their hands or or put a hands on and what have you, then, then we whistle it and they've got to learn that way. Um, but if you, can, if you can get them into position to play that way, um, that I think that's that's best for the game because they're learning how to play defense within the rules and the game keeps moving and they get to stay on the floor.
0: Well, this has been a great first half and it went very quickly and uh, it's been a lot of fun. So let's take a quick break and when we come back, we'll head to the third and fourth quarters followed by post game, and again, the lighthearted five quick decisions. You don't want to miss these. We'll be right back. Ever have a thought while you're listening to this podcast, man, I really wished he would ask this specific question. Well, if there's a question that you would like to ask an official, let me know. Uh, Send an email with your question to markfrelick at hotmail.com. That's Mark, M-A-R-K, F-R-O-E-L-I-C-H at hotmail.com. Please include your name and where you're from, and I will ask one of the officials in an upcoming episode uh, your question. Hey, before we get to the third quarter, let's talk briefly about equipment. Uh, Some of the things we wear, some of the things we have in our uh, bag when we come to the games. Talk about some of the officiating equipment you like the best, whether it's your favorite whistle, your favorite shoe, favorite shirts, pants, whatever. Is there something in your bag that's like, man, I can't, I cannot go to a game and I have to have this specific thing?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I mean, kind of to your point with the shirt, I mean, that's, I think, the nightmare, right? Where's my shorts or where's <laughs> my... Uh, in fact, and this is I probably... If I know I have a game that day, I will wear black pants to work just in case even though i've know i've packed my bag and have my black <laughs> pants for the game but uh, nearly every game i officiate i have black pants on for as like when i go to the game um just in case but um i'll be honest i don't really i'm not a really a labeled person so i don't i don't know by brand um really what i what i use i do know how important shoes are especially yeah. You know, the more you work, the more games you work and different surfaces we work on. I mean, we all know which floors have a little more give and which ones don't. Um, But I've always worn ASIC uh, or I shouldn't say always in the last several years have always worn ASIC. I wore Nike before then. But, um, you know, shoes to me are the most important thing um just because it's it's a long season and, and the paws need protected
0: that's right um, <laughs> that's very but other true. than
1: that yeah other than that i i really don't have a preference on stuff um just kind of the standard you know run-of-the-mill uh run-of-the-mill stuff that that we that we get that's that's the standard stuff
0: yep yep no doubt all right we head to the third quarter third quarter is about Officials, surprisingly, right? So we t- let's talk about, I think it has to deal again with communication with officials. And we have our own communication that goes on pregame and throughout the game and after the game. So let's talk about what officials can do to improve that cohesiveness during a pregame, during halftime, and even during timeouts
1: that's a good question um you know i i think i think a big thing is um it is, is to come without come without the ego in in regards to um into the communication piece um you know we're, we're all working the floor together we're all working the game together and um you know sometimes if you know you, you know that you know you, you we never want to kick a rule or things like that and and sometimes it's hard to bring something up if if it's um if it's not an environment at which you know the the channels are open to share information and and realize that we are all in this together and no you know I mean we you know you got your R your U one your U two and and that's on the paper but at the reality is we are all we're all on the floor together and um you know be it a veteran be it a rookie be it anything you know providing an opportunity to you know, share information, come with information, all those types of things. I think when you make it a, a comfortable environment for a crew, you're going to open yourselves up for, to have a more successful game.
0: What do you find yourself doing when you have a younger official with you uh, during the game? Do you find yourself in protection mode? Do you find yourself um, more in a teaching mode? What, what kind of things do you do differently?
1: A, uh, a little bit of both. That's, that's you know, I'll, I'll gauge them regarding teaching Um, I'm not of the mindset that it's my job to preach or to to do anything like that. I'll make sure that our game goes smoothly and that no rules get kicked. Um, But, you know, as far as feedback and those kinds of things, be it after the game at halftime, um, I'm not one that offers up things unless they they ask for it. Um, You know, I might talk about plays and things like that, but I'm not going to break down or, or be overly critical or, or, or share, you know, hey, I, you, you know, you, you need to work on this or that, that kind of stuff. If they, if they choose to ask, I'll share information. Then I'll, I'll also ask what it was like working with me. And if there, there are times they felt I put them in, in a challenging position as, as you know, a, a lead or a trail or, or something else. Um, but I, again, I think that goes back to creating the environment that, that we're on the same level um, in some regards. Granted, somebody might have more experience or more insight to share but I don't want them to feel, um, threatened or that they are, you know, not an equal in the sense of we're, we're all working the game tonight. Um, but I also think too, when I open the door for that type of feedback, that opens the door that, you know, if I can get feedback and, and I've worked maybe more years that, that we all should be open to it because it's, you know, every game presents new opportunities and, and, and new insights. Um, and then it's, you know, they can, they can take it or they can leave it. Um, and I, and I've encountered that as an official as well. I remember the old Bobby Knight, you know, the, the quote about Bobby Knight, they say, you know, when he calls you an idiot, don't listen to him. When they tell you why they're an idiot, listen to him. <laughs> um, and, and I love here. I love that. because And I've thought that way too, about, you know, officials that I've maybe worked with that, you know, don't have as much respect for maybe because of how they've carried themselves or what have you, but you know, maybe they've got a couple of nuggets of information they pass on and, if I listen to that, then, then I've grown from it too. So it's just making people comfortable and wanting to stay engaged.
0: Any advice for young officials that are coming up? Maybe, maybe they're going to be working their first year of varsity this coming season. Uh, any advice for them at all?
1: Um, just to keep perspective. Um, you know, you know, sometimes I've, I've worked with officials that really, that really struggle with, you know, being called an idiot or being told they're stupid, you know, you know, you know, officials officials for whatever reason over over the years have become and and easy and you think even every year you become an easier and easier target to just be dumped on and that can beat you down Uh, i know it has me sometimes you know when you have a tough day and and all you hear are things negative things you know thrown at you it, it can be a little bit challenging i just i just tell them to keep perspective Um, You know, attach yourself and sponge to people um, that you observe, uh, you know, come early to games and see and and that you appreciate how they carry themselves and and sponge to that. And then probably the most important is um, you have to get in the rule book and know the rules. Um, You know, I spoke about judgment and rules before. Um, You know, I've I've messed up more than my share of times on judgment stuff and will continue to. Um, but one area that I don't allow myself any room for is kicking a rule. And if, if they learn the rules early on, then they're going to be a tremendous asset and get that much more respect, um, as they continue on.
0: You talked about being called names, um, and, and we all, all of us officials have heard some of the names that we get called. And uh, what are some of the worst things you've been called? Do you remember?
1: Oh, um, yeah, I, I mean, I you know you just hear those those you know the idiots and and um, you know clueless and and all those types of things, which again you you get a thick skin for and you let them go. Um, you know there was an instance, uh, and a lot of it happens. Um, well, I guess it's all happened at, at all kinds of levels, but um, I do know I do recall a game where. Um, this mom was just worthless um and (laughs) relentless and like just I mean she was contributing nothing positive to the game um other than just screaming and belittling and berating and um of course there was like a timeout and I had to stand with the ball like right in front of her and um I I I say this with a bit of caution I don't want to say that like you know, working at the Y or at the Rec Center or Spring Ball is 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 less um, structure than a, than a high school atmosphere. But I think any official or, or any player or any fan would 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 agree to some extent to that. Um, and this was more in the Rec environment. And um, and I could still hear her talking and stuff. And I and I just turned around. And this is when I was probably only like my second year um, and didn't have the thick skin that I do now. And I just turned around. And I said. I said, next time I'm going to bring my mom to my game to just sit here and yell at your daughter for everything that she does during the game. <laughs> and then I just turned around. And then um, the game, you know, we go on with the game or what have you. And she actually walked up to me after the game and apologized wow. and said that, um, you know, that she, she um, you know, it really gave her some perspective in that um, she needs to take a step back and recognize that we're all... You know human and there's a human element to it and um you know and she apologized which which i appreciated um but um but yeah that was that was probably the most engaging in regards to conversation or or what have you
0: boy we almost consider that a success story don't we
1: <laughs> exactly yeah exactly
0: so we exactly. end up uh we end up our third quarter we head into the fourth quarter Fourth quarter of is, is kind of a smorgasbord of, of questions that we have, so this is something that uh, the game is tied, 60-60. to 60. There's five seconds to go in the game. Are you with me so far?
1: I'm with you.
0: Okay, Team A has the ball underneath their basket and okay. has called timeout. Okay. What are you and your partners going to discuss during the timeout?
1: We are going to discuss um, off-the-ball stuff. We're going to talk about screen screening um you know and, and reminding ourselves to to call what we see um be true to our primary and then make sure that uh depending on where the positioning it, of it is um clock uh clock starting and last second shot but most importantly call what we see
0: similar situation but different score okay team B's ahead 62 to 60 with 5 seconds to go And team A has the ball under the basket and they've got a timeout. Now, what are you talking to your teammate or your uh, partners about?
1: Uh, Steal quick foul, Um, you know, just making sure of, um, you know, the scenario there and, and what the situation could be. Uh, the other thing that I always bring up in that scenario, too, is who has the jump ball? Because a lot of times as officials, we get, we get so excited that you know, we know they're going to foul right away. That happened to me when I was a college basketball coach. Was um, uh, I told our kids, they said, they're just going to hold the ball. They're going to inbound it and hold it because they're expecting a foul. Go for the basketball. And it's exactly what our kids did. The officials met for what felt like an eternity. Uh, and opted to go with a foul. Uh, it is what it is. I wish I would have told him ahead of time, hey, we're not trying to foul. Um, but it's just being aware of potential scenarios and so situations like that.
0: What kind of habits do you use on the court to remain calm? Do you do anything special maybe uh, to focus, especially when you have to focus on a tense situation?
1: Um, I do. I usually, um, you know, I've got my hands at my side and I usually... Um, will kind of tap and touch my ring finger, and my thumb, um, just to, just to stay engaged, just to remind myself to stay calm. Cause if I start doing it too fast, you feel that and you remember, you know, it's just to calm yourself down and, and, you know, kind of pinching yourself if you will. But, um, uh, and I also talk to myself, uh, I will throughout the game, just keep telling myself you know primary call what you see primary call what you see call what you see call what you see um that way you're not looking to invent things um because if you think you see you know what i mean it's just call for whatever reason that phrase uh resonates with me call what you see
0: yeah, I I find myself doing a lot of talking to myself too and and then uh, for some reason when a coach yells sprint back to his kids, I take that as I can hear my high school coach saying that, so I sprint back as well too. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's a good
1: that's a good one, especially as I get older too and yeah. I'm like, "Oh, they're going to start sprinting. Like, I better start going. I need a head
0: start." <laughs> Uh, You've been around athletics all your life, you know, with uh, pretty much all your life uh, with your professional job, especially now you're at the OHSAA. So when you look at uh, officiating, what kind of things do you gain from officiating in your professional life?
1: That's a great question. Um, You know, I I think it's, I go back to the word perspective. Um, You know, we we engage and, and interact a lot with officials and um, you know, at the OHSA, there's a lot of components that go into making games happen. And, you know, there's no question that there's an official shortage. Um, you know, people can have their lists of reason why. I mean, I think we all do. But um, for me, it's it's the integral pieces that are all parts of it. And it goes back to especially at the high school level, which is why I, I appreciate it so much. You know, it, it's not like it's the livelihood for somebody to to be an official and that's their that's their world it's it's you work all day and then you have the opportunity to go get on the floor and forget about everything which which you alluded to earlier and i i think sometimes that gets lost sight of you know i think it goes back to the point i made earlier too about the human aspect of of being an official and a lot of a lot of being an official is because we love the game and there are ways that you know we want to stay active and engaged in it and, and enjoy being a part of it too and um, I think that perspective helps just because it's it's such a key component of making sure that these games are able to happen.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So you ready for this?
1: All right. I think
0: <laughs> Scar- <laughs> What's <next? laughs> yeah, really <laughs> scariest thing to happen to you on the court and possibly maybe even off the court, depending on the fan coach or player interaction. But what's the scariest thing that that has ever happened to you?
1: Uh, I was getting ready to work a boys game. Well, this, I don't, it was the scariest for me and I went in and I had t- two left shoes oh. and I, um, shoes are the last thing I put on. I knew I'd packed them, but I didn't realize I grabbed two left shoes. Oh. Um, so then I had to go out on the floor and, um, work a game with two left shoes. <laughs> and, um, I, I wasn't sure if I was like going to fall over or if I was going to end up running in a circle just cause I had the same shoe on, but, uh, it was just one of those gut check things. Um, during a game, um, would be, um, I, I kicked a rule and, um, and I, I, well, I shouldn't say that our crew kicked a rule and, um, you know, I went back to my point earlier about, about knowing the rules and something I wish I had done, which was give myself more credit as a younger official. I, I really, Uh, I thought this was the rule. I I knew it was the rule, but in those moments it goes to, from knowing to, I think that's the rule when you're standing there and you feel like, you know, when you've talked for 15 seconds, that it's been 15 minutes and that everybody's waiting for you. And, and, you know, just really having the confidence to go to bat for, for rules. And then also not kicking a rule the other way. I've had it both ways where I knew and didn't speak up and then, um, where we all agreed and and got it wrong, and I, I go back to the fact that um, that's our that's our job. Judgment makes us better officials, but knowing the rules, um, there's really no there's no gray area there. You you can't you can't kick a rule, and um, I think that that's the scariest thing is when you're standing there and you're kind of you're going the game's going on, but you're like I still don't feel right about that one. And you go and you look it up, or you you know call the assigner a and, and talk through it, and realize that 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 you screwed up in that respect.
0: Jackie, let's go back to your shoe. I'm I'm really interested. Yeah. I'm really interested. I'm really interested in this. Okay. <laughs> Left shoe <laughs> mentally. That's gotta. I mean, you're going throughout the game, and, and it kind of takes you out of the game mentally, doesn't it?
1: It 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 kind of does because every time you turn to go up the floor and you see yourself kind of like running and taking that stride, and it had like you know this is back in my nike wearing days and you know i got some small feet but they're like they're curved just enough at the top that it messes with you because if you see it and you're like whoa whoa whoa, whoa like you literally feel like you're going to be going in a circle like the way it's the curvature of the top of the shoe and it just um it was an interesting experience no, no question
0: yeah because if you're inbounding the basketball by the fans on the on the yeah. sidelines or by the coach and they look down at your shoes to see what kind of shoes you have you think they'd yeah. notice? I don't know if they'd notice you have two left shoes on. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I,
1: nobody said anything. That's good. So, that's good. Yeah,
0: that's that's pretty funny though. That's that's real funny. <laughs> <laughs> as you uh, as you look at your career so far, um, what are some of the games that that you remember the most? Fishi- officiating <laughs> from officiating, not.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, definitely the first game I ever worked uh, w- was certainly one. Um, The uh I worked a um regional I think it was a semifinal, uh Division one regional semifinal a few years back that um that came down to like, you know, last last few possessions. Um you know that that one was exciting i mean you know we all say as officials and, and every coach tries to say it too that every game's you know every game has the same level of importance and every game matters and and they do um you know they do all matter but i think we're at least me personally a little bit naive to believe that some games don't just mean maybe a tad more or you're not going to bring it just a little bit more um and and those tournament games certainly um you know there's more of a magnifying glass especially as an official of not wanting to be in a position of costing a team um you know or or putting yourself into a position where you feel like you know it's going to come down to a crucial call or something like that in any situation be it as a coach a player official you always you know i always hope that it's a player making a play not having to interject yourself as an official of like a foul call or something like that. You want somebody to just come off the screen, catch and and drill a three or, you know, those, those more heroic moments of making things happen. And um, we had some tight situations in that regional semi Uh, Jason Edler um and Marcella Packer and I worked together and um was just really proud of our crew, the way that we handled that towards the end, screaming fans, you know, jump balls, timeouts, what the you know, just so many moving parts to the game. Um that 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 was a really exciting game to be a part of with them.
0: Jason will be um, so happy that his name's on this podcast.
1: Oh now. <laughs> gosh, that's all we need, right? <laughs> he has he has a big game coming up too. He's got a, a football official. Uh, I believe he's got the, um, you know, with the not not many fans able to be at games, he's going to be working the uh, uh, Pickerington game. I believe that's going to be on ESPN2 here coming up so, uh, this oh, good. weekend.
0: Good. That's that, exciting. That, yeah, that yeah. is exciting. That's great. Well, that's the end of our fourth quarter. And now we head into post-game, which, you know, sometimes that's a lot more fun. So, um, you know, we talk about – Uh, the brotherhood and the sisterhood of officials and I think it really is a a tight-knit group for the most part Uh, but a lot of times we'll drive to the games together we'll we'll have a post-game destination together Uh, there's a lot of drive time together and I don't know if you encounter the same thing but what are some of the most interesting parts of a post-game for you Uh, do you guys meet up anywhere in central Ohio or do you um, and and talk about the game or what do you do in your post-game
1: yeah yeah we do and that's that's been i think one of the neatest parts too especially um you know not having had my entire officiating career here in central ohio was um you know moving here at uh, i moved here when i was 36 and you know a lot of people are already established with families or you know their their jobs or their their kind of their circle or their their niche of people and um you know kind of uh, Diving into that at, a, at an older age, I would say, um, it, it really helped me in this new community get to know some people that extended kind of uh, uh, what, the, what the friendship, um, the circle of, of meeting people down here that you then get to know, you know, their, maybe their spouses and families and, and kids and, and hear about things. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, you get the opportunity to, to interact and see them outside of the sport as well. Um, so I think that's been one of the greatest assets of, of being able to, to be involved as an official is you get to stay involved with the game and then you get to meet some like-minded people that share similar interests and um, expand that, that interaction and that, that horizon of, of, knowing, of knowing more people.
0: You know, in our officiating business, we have to make quick decisions every time. And so we're at that point right now. We're at the five quick decisions, Jackie. And so now we've got a. you know, oftentimes on a Friday night, um, we're fed after the games. And we appreciate that. Uh, and, and sometimes during the week we are as well. Uh, we appreciate that from the schools and and probably a lot more than what a lot of people realize um, and we also may grab some food maybe from concession stands uh, i knew one guy his nickname was actually popcorn because uh he, he always tried the popcorn at every place uh when he'd eat that while while he was watching the jv game but some, what is uh, question one in the five quick questions what's the best food you ever had at one of these basketball facilities
1: i would have to say uh the, the classic in the country down there berlin highland um you know they they have that thing catered um from i believe it's der dutchman um or you know just getting some good home cooking um amish fed it's you know they've got their chicken and uh, uh mashed potatoes and it's a it's a full wow. course so i i often suggest eating after the game not before cuz <laughs> you're about ready to you know put the recliner back and and watch football like it's thanksgiving or something
0: (laughs) what's the best basketball floor that you've ever worked on not counting any college floors high school floors only
1: best high school floor yeah um
0: because there's so many new ones now i mean there's there's so many new floors now but maybe it's not a new floor maybe you liked working on some of the other ones just kind of think a little bit about what are your what are your favorite ones
1: i um gosh that's a great question As a player, I mean, I loved playing at Hoban's Hoban's floor, but I never worked there because of um, my relationship and and having been a student there. Um, Best floor to work on.
0: Wow. They're all good, right?
1: They are all good. I mean, they're all unique in their own right. Um, You know, and and any floor, honestly, any floor is a good floor because what we get to do is – I think that's the thing, you know, so many, there's a level of seriousness and I get that it's, it's, you know, it's, we're all pouring time into it and everything else, but there's so much joy to be had by being out on the floor. Um, I haven't been on a floor. I, I haven't enjoyed being on,
0: um, Well, that led up to my next question. What's the toughest floor you've ever been on
1: toughest floor. Um, yeah, I on the toughest floor I've ever been on. Um, to work the game was the and it's why i don't know if you'd consider this you said no college but it's not a college floor is the canton civic center Mm -hmm. um which is where they host the regional division one regional um up there in uh uh, canton for the girls um that's that's a tough one because the the benches are right on top of you but the fans are so far removed Mm -hmm. um but that and then it was just a real challenging game that i worked there too that that was just a you know, you walk off of that one, and it you feel like it had been a grind, and, and that one was a grind.
0: Funniest thing a player or coach ever said to you during a game?
1: Um. Oh, for uh, definitely as a coach was. Um, I had a I called a foul on a, on a girl on displacement on a um, on a, like a box out. And we're walking, um, you know, I'm, you know, reporting a foul going on and a coach is walking down with me of the, of the team that I called the, the foul on. And he's like, will you please give her one more so that she has to foul out of the game because her parents won't let me just take her out. Like being very, you know, in a, in a sarcastic kind of way, but just kind of that, uh, that humor of, uh, you know, we're all in this together type thing that that one kind of caught me off guard. Cause usually if a coach wants to talk to you after you call foul on, on their kid, it's usually not in favor of the call you just made.
0: Right. Right. Now we're not supposed to pay attention to fans, but, um, obviously in some games we hear them. So can you remember the funniest thing a fan ever said to you during a game?
1: Um, I, yes, I was, well, I guess it was a whole section. Um, <laughs> I was, um, I was working a game, um, where was it at uh Vandalia Butler maybe i think that was the game i think that was the gym um and it was uh division 4 uh regional semi and you know they you know we always talk about you got to be ready from the tip right and so the tip goes and they you know make one or two passes and the ball like just zooms out of bounds and, um, I'm thinking it was touched, you know, what have you. So I blow my whistle and go one way and the entire section behind me, like loses their mind. And so I'm sitting there like, you know, I look at both my partners, like somebody come and correct me. Cause clearly I've missed this and you know, nothing, nothing, nothing. So we just, so we give it to the other team and down we go and there's, you know, maybe a couple minutes go past and, um, and there's a timeout, and I'm standing in, in, with the ball in front of the section. And um, I just kind of look back and I say, so did you guys have a different look on that very first play of the game? And, um, you know, a couple of them then, you know, from the section start start laughing and just, you know, uh, we'll, we'll give you that one because we know that's probably the only one you'll have this game. And I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> I said, then you guys can't say anything the rest of the game because that's my only one. But just that sarcastic kind of interaction where, you know, and, and I think that's what kind of puts me at ease, too. You know, I talk about, you know, willing to talk to the players on the floor. Um, again, not that I'm out there. Socializing with everybody, I, 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 don't. I'm not an advocate of that. I don't want to express that. But I think when there's times of, especially in a tournament, when you get to a point where, you know, that's people are on pins and needles, right? They're they, you know, you lose, you go home, and when you can humanize some moments, um, especially early in the game, um, you know, I, I think it helps that much more for everybody, both as fans as players uh, especially as officials
0: i want to thank you jackie uh for taking the time out of your schedule today to be part of the high school basketball referee with mark fralick podcast Uh, jackie i really appreciate the time this has been a lot of fun i enjoyed hearing everything you've talked about today and and i appreciate you being here
1: thanks mark i i again i really appreciate the, the effort you're putting into this and i can't wait to listen in and hear a lot of uh from a lot of the folks that uh i've either known throughout the officiating days or or we'll get the chance to hear their stories and learn from them as well so um thank you very much for the opportunity stay well stay healthy and hopefully we'll uh we'll see on the floor this winter
0: and thank you for listening today i appreciate it very much Uh, jackie was just wonderful i thought she brought a lot to the table uh today for for some great education uh for you And, and i hope you're able to get a lot out of it If you would like to listen to previous episodes of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast, you can do so on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, along with several other podcast platforms. I'd like to have you do me a favor, if you could, please. Uh, No matter which platform you're listening to, uh, please review, rate, and subscribe. And, And if you'd like to support this podcast financially, you can do so at Anchor, backslash Mark-Frelick. Thanks again. I hope you have an enjoyable day. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and thank you very much for listening.